Hello, everyone. So I'm going to talk about large organizations coming from a background of mostly being in small ones. And what these slides are for, these are already up at slideshare.net slash technotheory. These are hopefully going to be a framework that you might want to use if you're trying to help a team or a large group that isn't necessarily sold on the best collaboration tools or working in distributed teams. As a brief background on me, um, I founded a company in the email productivity space. I run a couple conferences related to future of communication. And now I'm involved with the HHS, the Health and Human Services Entrepreneurs Program, which you all should check out. It's a great way to spend one year. You get paid to try to kind of work on innovation within the federal government. So you all should, should Google that. Or perhaps you should Bing it, because <laughs> my current role is I now work at Microsoft Link, uh, leading their iOS and Android Link products. So I've been in this collaboration space for a very long time. So in terms of the Department of Health and Human Services, I work with the Office of Family Assistance. And they have a, a sort of a set of teams and, and, um, and groups that are probably similar to yours. They have remote offices throughout the country. They also have a lot of people that are teleworking. Uh, as Sarah had mentioned, there is a huge initiative to allow people to have that work from home freedom, whether it be for cost savings or really just, as you all know, sometimes to be more efficient and, and get away and have uh, fewer distractions. Um, and like all of you, they probably also have, or they have a customer. In their case, they have grantees, which are people that they give grants to that are doing great community work. Um, and as I looked at the Office of Family Assistance, I realized that this was actually true throughout HHS. So I also work with the Office of CIO there, and I'm working on a vision for collaboration as they move all of their collaboration tools to the cloud. We want to make sure that, as so many of you have said, it's not about the technology. It's about how people use that technology so they can hopefully be more effective. And what we found was that general framework that I, I found within the Office of Family Assistance of having a core team, of having a larger, in our case, 130,000 or so people organization, and also, of course, having somebody in the outside world that you need to communicate with. So as you design a framework for working with much larger distributed teams, these are the kind of relationships you're going to want to make sure you're nailing, that you're focusing on. Now, <clears throat> In terms of the general problems you have in, in a company of, of a reasonable size that aren't specific to distributed teams, you have what I consider to be three basic problems. One is finding information that you know is available to you, like an email that was sent to you a few years ago. The next is information that may or may not be accessible to you, uh, such as something that was written before you joined the organization or something that might be on an internet site somewhere, but you're not necessarily sure, or at least it's not easy to find it. And then the other problem set is just that oftentimes people are working on the same document or you know, some kind of process or product, and you need to make sure that that, you know, that, that information is additive and that you're not just having this giant email thread um, where people just go back and forth and it's hard to piece the, the things together. So these are problems that you have regardless of where people are located. But they get exacerbated by distributed teams. So some of the interesting, the, the core things that we've focused on as the problems that arise when you start separating folks is you don't know who has the information. So like when you're on a big conference call, you don't even know who's there. Especially when it's all phone, you're like, ooh, I don't remember. They didn't say anything. Um, so it's hard to really know. And then with emails, who entered the chain at what point? Did things get off in tangents? It's hard to know. And then, of course, miscommunication. And this is really, you know, this gets into that whole video versus voice versus presence. The further you are from people, the less people are sort of part of a meeting, um, the more likely there is for there to be some kind of miscommunication. You've all been there. And 
Also this concept of gatekeepers. And I mentioned this, that when you work with people regularly, when you spend time at the coffee room or you get drinks after work, you start to build rapport and you want to help each other out. But when people are in different offices, communication is often a transaction. And people aren't necessarily either willing or thinking to help folks out. So you end up having an organization where information is siloed, not even intentionally, but just because there isn't that, that deep relationship that already exists. So that's a lot of information. Uh, if you're building a solution for it, what I decided at least to do was to focus on two particular themes that people can hold on to when they're communicating or when they're documenting things. The first one is creating value. The first one is making sure that everything you do, you're trying to maximize the impact that it has. So for example, when you write things, and, and I ran a startup for a very long time, and I would always work with my engineers and say, you're writing back to me, but this has to go to the customer. Don't write it in such a way that I, can't, that I have to then translate it again. And in large companies, as you might imagine, that translation process happens so many times through an email chain. So think about writing things so that they can continue, they can, you know, it's fun to write sarcastic comments, but resist. Because because then it can easily be forwarded on. So always write things in a way so that they can be passed on and can build knowledge for anybody. Second, when before you place that information somewhere, consider where the best place is. Is it Yammer, as Christina brought up? Um, is, it, is it a chat? Is it an intranet? Is it email? Email is definitely the lowest common denominator, but it's not the best place. What email does is it excludes people by very nature, because you're only choosing a few people. Consider if that information might be valuable later and try to make sure you're including people so it can be discoverable. And lastly, when you are creating that information, if there is a means where it doesn't have to be discussion-oriented, like email or chat, but instead can be wiki-oriented, consider using a tool like that, because it really is you know, just an incredible way to build knowledge and benefit from those who have already contributed before. The second theme that I focused on is relationships. As the previous speaker, William, had talked about, um, we are people, and you can't change that. But if you want to make people feel close to one another, you have to make us look like people. Um, so before, you know, video has come up a million times. Um, it's actually great. Working at Microsoft, we use video for everything. It is a great feeling. My last company, we used it too, but I kind of had to force it on people. Um, but since we're building a communications product that uses video, we, we always are using it. But I've, it's new to HHS, and I've been really encouraging them to use it. And they're surprised. One of the interesting things about video is that even if the other person doesn't have a web camera, you should still use video, and here's why. Other people feel closer to you. Um, to the earlier point, other people trust you when you're speaking on video. So even if it just means turning you on, they're going to get closer to you. You're going to be the one who really wins by sharing your video. So always use video when you can. Next, on any communication that's possible, if you don't have a privacy issue with it, put your photo on that communication, whether it be chat, whether it be um, you know, putting in your global address list and your company photos on everybody's profile, a real picture, not a picture of a dinosaur. Um, people on my team used to do that a lot. Now we all have faces. Um, it really helps us to identify each other, and it just makes it so much easier when we're a large organization, because it gets easy to lose track of people. And also, use chat if you can. It's not quite a water cooler moment, but it's the closest thing to that. And it really starts to, that's the one place you can use that informal communication that I'm not encouraging you to use for email. It's a great place to start to you know, feel human with other folks. So where to go from here? Again, these slides are at slideshare.net slash technotheory. 
Um, I, this isn't necessarily actionable. This is what I would like you to use as kind of a framework. So what we've used with this framework is we're using this as a way to relatably communicate this problem. And we're going to build guidelines from this. We actually haven't chosen the tools that we're going to use. All the things that are here reply, re relate to any, you know, any tool set you want to use, whether it be the Google ecosystem, the Microsoft ecosystem, the Cisco ecosystem. And then when you make these recommendations, try to sell people on the benefits of those unique tools. But they'll identify with these particular pain points. Thank you so much for your time, and I hope to learn from you all later today.